Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. With the 2021 NFL Draft coming up tonight, Seahawks fans are wondering which direction the franchise will go with their limited draft capital. General Manager John Schneider and Head Coach Pete Carroll spoke to the media on Wednesday about the draft and the team's other offseason moves. Here's the Seahawks GM with his thoughts going into Thursday. This coming weekend, we have an amazing number of draft choices, uh, three. And, uh, you know, we're um, the guys have been busting their tail. It's been a unique year. Uh, really proud of, you know, Matt Berry and, and, and Trent Kirshner. Aaron Heinlein, the whole, the whole, the whole staff, everybody, you know, that's, that's involved in this, um, without having, you know, the first round draft pick, it's always, it's always difficult for guys to, uh, to, um, to dive in and focus, but they've done a great job. We've had great meetings the last several weeks. Uh, we're really happy to be able to be in the draft room this weekend, um, and, um, and, and be together. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, we're looking for it. We're looking ready. Uh, we're getting ready for an exciting draft. Tomorrow night's going to be really interesting without a pick. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, we're ready to roll. We're excited about the future. We're excited about uh, what we did in free agency. And, and now we're going to continue to keep building our team. And this is just one avenue. The Seahawks will not be busy tonight, of course, since they traded away their first-round pick to the Jets as part of the Jamal Adams trade. Our number one pick is, is, is Jamal Adams. <laughs> you know, that's a heck of a pick. He had a really good year leading into his, his getting drafted by us, number one. And it would have cost us another uh, another number one to get that done. That incredible of a football player as we saw last year. And we're thrilled about the future with him, too. So that I, I think, and I know right back when, when the conversation came up and the possibilities all, of all this happened, John was already making reference to this draft and, and understanding what it was going to be like. And uh, and we made a, a major decision to, to go go ahead and do that. And uh, with all of that information, uh, you know, in our back pocket. So uh, we're, we're still we're excited about the whole thing and, and looking forward to the, uh, the process of it. Just in the first round, you, you might see the two of us uh, not in our seats. <laughs> Going into the final year of his contract, it's not clear exactly how long Adams will be a Seahawk, though Schneider was upbeat about the idea about him being with the team in the future. And we're going to be celebrating Jamal tomorrow evening, right? I mean, uh, we want him to be here long term for sure. He's a, he's a great player. Uh, really glad we made the, uh, the trade to get him. And uh, he's going to be a very important part of our future. Regardless of how many seasons Adams spends in Seattle beyond his current contract, Schneider says that it was this year's draft that presented a unique challenge in terms of evaluating prospects. And so the team felt more comfortable giving up picks to make that trade happen. There's, there's no question. It's been a unique year. It, it, it definitely came into the equation. It was part of the equation with Jamal uh, last, you know, last summer as we were, you know, reviewing uh, and trying to project, you know, reviewing the, the, the juniors that were going to be seniors, right? And then trying to project what the fall was going to look like uh so you know working with the jets and joe douglas it just became apparent that you know if there was a chance to go for it this was probably uh the year to go for it despite some of the unique player evaluation challenges schneider says his scouting team did an outstanding job in fact he went out of his way to be sure and one up everything that the 49ers scouting team said that they did you know, we actually attended 100, not to one-up them, but we actually went, attended uh, 176 college games and practices. We conducted uh, 
401 Zoom calls. We interviewed 601 players, and we attended 129 separate pro days. So that's just for our good friend John. It's just a little inside jab, kind of fun stuff. While Pete and John would not speak on specifics going into the draft, they sounded pretty comfortable with the way the offseason's gone to this point. We're not going into the draft with, with great needs, big spaces that we need to fill and, and all of that. We're still getting, we're still going. I mean, the Jamal move is, is big and there's some other stuff coming up you'll see in the, in the next couple of days too. Pete's got to mean KJ Wright is about to be signed, right? That's how I'm taking the answer and you can't talk me out of it. John, tell me what you think. There's got to be more done in free agency because KJ Wright still isn't on the team. You know, we really don't ever feel like uh, it stops here. Uh, we're, we're, we're constantly trying to build this team all the way through. So to say that we've addressed, we feel good about the things we've done, obviously uh, being able to retain some of our own guys, um, adding the players that we added in free agency. But it's really a never-ending quest all the way until, you know, the, the next uh, Super Bowl. So uh, we're never complacent in, 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 at any position, quite frankly. That is not what I wanted to hear. Get to what I need to hear about K.J. Wright. Yeah, we talked to K.J.'s people uh, before free agency, but quite frankly, there were so many coaches on our staff that are, you know, that that, that were on our staff that are at different places. We thought he would be signed by now. And, uh, you know, you have the draft coming up. There's several different phases. We look at it in, in free agency. There's several different phases to it. Uh, you know, we look at, you know, this being what we call phase two, which is right around draft time. And so I think a lot of teams are going to um, see what they do in the draft and then and then, you know, kind of come around to some of these veterans that are still available in free agency. He, we have the utmost amount of respect for him. He's done a ton for this organization. Uh, he's a great person, great leader. Uh, but yes, I mean, we, we have been in contact and LP met with them. Yeah, I had a really good sit down with them just the other day um, to, to bring it all together, you know, where we're coming from. Uh, we needed to hear where he's coming from and, and talk about the future and, and, uh, and, you know, what's possible moving forward. So we've had, we're right on nose to nose on this deal. And, and uh, like John said, KJ has been one of the classiest players you could ever expect to have in your program and, and, and been a fantastic player. And uh, so we, the door is not closed to us to what, what we're doing moving forward. Um, so we're very clear about that and, and feel really good about where we are with Cage. Well, I think that's about as close as we're going to get. So. With the K.J. Wright signing right around the corner, let's move on to the defensive line. Pete says there's a lot to like, both with the improvements that they saw midseason and the ability to add to that group to this point in the offseason. We made as good a jump as anybody made during the season in, in, in improving you know, from where we were in the first half uh, with our pass rush. And it took some time for guys to come together. And it was really obvious that Carlos was a big factor in that. Not, not just his rushing, but the factor that people had to pay attention to him. They had to you know, give him some favor, some help that, in that way. Uh, it helped other guys. And uh, so for us to come back and get Carlos, it was, was a great accomplishment for us. And Benson, as you mentioned, that's a really big deal. Kerry Hyder had a really good year in our division last year at eight sacks and was a big factor so we love that we had him too and uh we're, we're still going you know there's a lot of things coming back to this pass rush uh the, the return you know for daryl taylor to be a factor in that uh the emergence of, of alton robinson you know th- those are really positive factors for us and and uh you know we're not we're not done yet we're still working it so it, it's it's been it's been a, a really nice uh, job by john and his guys one of those additions on the defensive line was alden smith who the Seahawks had considered signing last offseason, 
He was arrested for battery this past week, and Schneider talked about how his policy on acquiring or keeping players who commit domestic violence has evolved, saying that he's learned to take each situation's circumstances into his decision-making process. You know, he was working out down in Los Angeles. We had people last year, people who were with him all the time. Um, and and we were interested last year. And, and, you know, Dallas basically, you know, outbid several other teams. And he was comfortable going there, had a had coaches on the staff that knew him. Um, they felt like they had a really good plan in place for him. Uh, in terms of uh, his current situation, that's not something we can we can we can talk about. We have to let the legal process um, take its course. Um, and then, you know, with, with the domestic violence portion, uh, what I would say is, um, you know, and I know you wrote about this specifically, you know, when you're, and I've learned a lot about throwing out blanket statements about these sort of things, whether it's DUIs or robberies or, you know, domestic situations. And, uh, so right when we got here, you know, I, I threw out a statement about it. And what I've learned over the years now is that, you know, every situation is completely different and you have to study every situation and be comfortable, um, it, you know, with with your decisions. Um, we've we researched it with uh, with Alden this last time. It was a you know minimum salary deal and we decided to take a shot and go for it. Aside from the Alden Smith situation. Schneider said that losing Jaron Reed was one of the tough decisions that he had to make in recent weeks. And in keeping on the defensive line, Pete and John moved on to offer an update on the 2020 draft pick, Daryl Taylor, who missed all of last season with an injury. We were disappointed. Uh, we you know, ended up being a cap casualty situation with Jaron. You know, we talk about this every year uh, with you guys, that there's going to be really tough decisions that we have to make along the way. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, we wish that uh, Jaron would have, uh, you know, worked with us a little bit, but uh, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, he made a decision. Uh, and then, uh, you know, with in regards to Daryl, he's doing I just saw him in the hallway the other day. He seems to be doing a great job. Uh, talk to our trainers. He's working his tail off and, and uh, he, he's really excited to get going. It looks like uh, if everything just continues to progress, that he'll be full go in, in any of the work that we go at. And, and uh, so that's a big positive plus for us and excited about it. Um, he's here in the building every day. So that, that, that really helps us know, you know that he's being taken care of really well and, and all of the best should, be, should lie ahead for him. After the break, let's get into some offseason drama. We'll see what the two had to say about the Russell Wilson situation. Plus, this is the first time we've heard from them after the hiring of Shane Waldron. So how are they readjusting to a virtual offseason program with a new offseason coordinator? That's up next. After the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson went on the Dan Patrick show and talked about some of his frustrations. And this was Pete's first chance to publicly respond to those comments that his franchise quarterback made. Well, he wasn't any more frustrated than I was. <laughs> you know, I know that. Well, after watching the Super Bowl, uh, you know, I, I know he 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 was asked the questions and he responded that you know he, he's frustrated. Well, that's we we all are. You know, when we don't win the, the last game of the year, particularly when we were at home in position in the playoffs and had a chance, we felt like we had a really good opportunity being health uh, health in our favor as well. Um, it was hard, and so that I think that's uh, pretty normal. A pretty normal reaction to be frustrated. 
Carroll also reacted to the reporting that Wilson asked the Seahawks to be more involved in personnel decisions. Pete tried to characterize how he gets information from Russell as well as other players. We're talking about stuff, you know, I mean, he's been here 10 years or whatever the heck it is. So we've, we've had a lot of conversations, but I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of guys. I, I don't, I mean, I talk to guys all the time and I, I want information. I'm not trying to think, I'm not standing here like I have all the answers. I want all of the input I can get to make the decisions that I make. So, um, Russ, Russell's been through a lot with us and he's got a good perspective. He doesn't have all the answers at all. He, he has his, his opinions at times and, and I'm fine with dealing with that. Just like I was with other players that have been here in, in the past. It's not any different. So, um, but it, no, he, never, he never made a statement that he had to do that. Or he had to have more say-so. That never happened. None of that happened. We never talked like that. Pete went on to address how he and Russell have approached the attention this issue has received in the offseason and how the two have an understanding with one another that is different than what is out there in the media. Pete and John talked about how they were in communication both with Wilson and his agent the whole time. We have had as, you know, as many conversations as we've ever had. We've talked extensively throughout the offseason. Uh, there was never a time that thing, time went by where we weren't talking and in, in, in communication. We've been close for years around here, and nothing changed with that. Uh, we worked our way through whatever was, was at hand at the time. Um, we realized it was really obvious that how a, a, a comment, you know, a frustration comment can turn into so much follow-up. Follow and, and uh um, you know, I, I think the speculation in the media was really an obvious factor in all in, in how his words were, were portrayed and all. So, um, you know, we don't always say the right thing. We don't always do the right thing. And so what I do is we, whenever things come out, whether it was Russell or anybody else I've ever dealt with in, in our team that's of a high profile player in high profile situations, we address all of it immediately. And he knows exactly where I was coming from. And, and I, I told him early on, you know, that this, this could be really, you know, a long issue that we're dealing with in the media. And I wasn't going to say a word because I knew what the truth was. And, and we had communicated clearly. I knew right where Russ was coming from. And unfortunately for the people who were following it from the, you know, reading the articles and whatever the, you know, the people were saying, um, you didn't have the, the benefit of what I knew and, and what Russ knew. Pete was in direct contact with Russell the whole time through. And I was in, in, in contact with with Russell's agent. Um, so that was, th- th- there, there, those are, those are conversations that um, stay that stay in house, and uh, we protect those conversations. And I hope I hope you respect that. Schneider also denied that the team had seriously considered trading Wilson. You know, there was a number of teams that called after that media blitz that that happened, right? Uh, but no, I never actively negotiated with anybody um, and with any team. Now, did people call? Absolutely, and um, but. Yeah, I'm not going to get into specific teams, but uh, yeah, there was never ever there was never ever a, a, a conversation. You know, people think that trade talks happen. You know, like hey, you just start negotiating right away. There's a lot of calls that are very very periphery calls, and uh, unless you know you're dealing with like a you know trading a seventh round player for or a seventh round pick for a player that may be getting cut that's going to be in the wire or something like that, and you know those happen very quickly, but. Uh, Yeah, no, there was no um, active negotiations going on. No active negotiations. So that means that the report of what the Bears offered may have simply been an offer and not the result of back and forth talks. 
Pete said that he and Russell are in great shape and they just let the issue play out in the media. Russ has been our quarterback for a good while and we've got a long contract with him. And when all of the conversation went about trades and all that, I knew what the truth was. <laughs> we weren't trading Russell. And so, uh, um, you know, that's so we plan on him being here for a good good while. I don't know how many years it is now, but we're in great shape and, and a long future uh, ahead of us is shared. Russ knows that and I know that. And we, we're very clear about it. It's why it was really obvious that, that we just had to sit back and let the, you know, the kind of the media take its course with, with the topic. And, and uh, so we did. And so we're in good shape and, and uh, both very clear about that. Yeah, well, some of that clarity would have been nice while the issue was playing itself out. But we will move on from that. And as I mentioned before, this was the first time Pete had a chance to publicly speak on the hiring of new offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. Carroll says that carrying over what the offensive players already do best into the new offense will be crucial. We have established uh, stuff that, that Russ is really uh, good at. Chris Carson is really good at. DK and, and Tyler, that they're, they, you know, they've, they've, demonstrated to us that they've got strengths and, and uh, that have been accentuated in the past that we need to continue to build from. And uh, so that's in that sense, that's where the carryover comes from, you know, and it's so obvious. I mean, you, you, you know, you can't miss it. Um, but the continuity of the, the, the blending of things is what's really crucial. And that's what I'm really impressed with uh, Shane and Andy Dickerson, who came in with him as well. And, and our own coaches just to to open up their brains, you know, to how we can expand and, and do things that we that we're excited about doing. So, um, so it continues. There continues to be carryover. Like I said, I think that's crucial. But it's the accentuating the you know, the, the positives and the newness and and uh, all the little this is and that's that are really exciting to see come together. Waldron has already been getting to work with players in a virtual format. Shane has done a, a marvelous job of, of jumping right in. You know, we're two weeks in, almost two weeks into uh, completing our first virtual go rounds here, and uh, that's when Shane's had his first chance to really get to the players. Um, the time spent with the coaches, uh, the time spent in, in the process of getting here, um, has only been accentuated by his uh, the, his fluent way of dealing with uh, the communication part of the teaching and the learning that has to take place now. Um, he's been really, really impressive. And, and, uh, and so it's, you know, he's already deep in with the quarterbacks, of course, um, but, but he had to get through the coaching staff first. And uh, it's been a joy to watch. Um, he's, he's a, he's got a great brain on him about this game of football and, and how our system fits together and works together and the communications of it. But that's part of it. If you, the, the, the real crucial part is, can you convey it? And so we'll see, you know, we have to, we have to get on the field and all that kind of stuff, but to, to see how fluent he is and, and how agile he is uh, in the way he, he deals with the information and the trans, the transference of that. It's really been impressive. And, and so I, I couldn't be more excited about it. And we're able to find the strengths that we've had in the past and things that we've done really well. And they're all incorporated into the, uh, you know, the new format that we're, uh, that we're unveiling. And, and uh, so it's, uh, you know, I've been around a lot of, a lot of coordinators and a lot of games and a lot of, a lot of off seasons and all. And I'm, I'm as impressed, impressed with this process as much as I've ever been and as excited as I've ever been. So I really feel like, He's got it in command, and, and uh, so it's really fun to watch. And for now, team activities are virtual. But once things get back in person, Carroll says he's excited to create that atmosphere for competition at practices. 
Let me say this too, that uh, since I'm kind of on a roll today, the, uh, what I would like to do different in this camp is is that I didn't feel like because of the the, the format of last camp where we didn't have the offseason and we didn't have preseason games and the evaluations of players were so uniquely different than it's ever been that uh, I, I don't feel like I, I gave our guys on the roster throughout the depth of the roster the, the best opportunity I could have for their statement for where they fit into this club and that's something that I've already told our guys that's that's happening and that means that guys are you know guys that are starting are going to get guys battling for their spots and everybody's got a battle it's going to make the guys that are the starters get better or, or get beat and uh and guys deserve that opportunity and I want to make sure that I do a better job of that because I, I felt like we were because we were tweaking to catch up with last last offseason that if you remember, we kept our offensive line almost intact the whole time. We just wanted to give them the opportunity to emerge. I don't feel like that right now. I feel different about that. And I want to make sure that, that uh, uh, you know, Cedric has a chance and that uh, Cody Barton knows that he's got a chance. And, and BBK and the guys that have been on this roster, they, they, they want to get their shot to play too. And they deserve their opportunity and across the board. And you're going to see Ethan Postic, you know, battling with, with, with Kyle. And you're going, to, you're going to see some really great battles waged, which I think is just going to make us better. And I'm, I'm excited you know, committing that to our players. And that's why I don't mind saying it out loud. Ahead of getting back to practice in person, players now have the option to get vaccinated for COVID-19. And Pete talked about where the team's at with it and says he's encouraging everyone to get the vaccine. A number of guys have been, and uh, I know that those that haven't been are all in consideration of whether, you know, it fits their, um, you know, their makeup and all of that. Um, you know, we're encouraging guys. We would like guys to get vaccinated because we think it's the safest way to go. And we would like everybody to be vaccinated because life gets better when you do. And finally, as we go into the draft, Seahawks fans are probably most curious whether or not the Seahawks will follow their longstanding tradition of trading away that first pick. John talked about his philosophy of everything he has to consider going into the pick and why it's not necessarily something you can plan for ahead of time. It's just a matter of whether, you know, how, how aggressive teams are and what their needs are and, and how they, how they, you know, view certain players. And if they think they have to jump other teams to get to a certain spot, but, uh, um, it's, it's, it's something that really, the, the best way to describe it, I guess, is that once you're in, once you're, um, you know, once you're in, in, in the process of, of a draft, you can kind of see things unfolding. So to sit here beforehand and say, it's we're not necessarily planning on specific things. It's just kind of your work should come into play and the board should fall a specific way. And, and so, you know, if all of a sudden you have, you know, several players, that, you know, with a, with a pick that's coming up here and you go back, you know, maybe 10, 12 spots or something like that, it, it could be worth it and you're taking a chance that you're still going to get one of those players. So my point is, I guess, that you're not, when you start out, philosophically you may want to do that, but it's not necessarily an easy thing. And, uh, you know, it's not something that is, is, is necessarily pre-planned. So there it is, your highlights from the hour-long press conference from Pete Carroll and John Schneider. A big thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode and pulling together those clips. And next up, barring any big moves on draft night on Thursday, Clinton Bonner and I will be doing a live three in, three out, looking at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time on Friday. So that's going to be ahead of the Seahawks second round draft pick. But 
We're going to be talking live, recapping the day one action, looking ahead to what the Seahawks could do with that first pick. And then I'm going to have some live updates going throughout the draft. EJ Snyder plan to come in. We'll see if we have anybody else who comes in to talk about the Seahawks picks throughout the draft. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. You can go to fieldgoals.com, click on the podcast button, subscribe to the show there, listen through your favorite podcast app, and lots more to discuss going on through the weekend. So until then, go Hawks.